0: Sorry right, for the late show, we had a busy weekend, it was Matt's birthday, went to my cabin, partied a little too hard, was sleepy, you know how we do, needed a day of rest. A couple of days. Needed my, um... oh shit, Schober's Sabbath. So... <laughs> what the fuck, Sabbath? <laughs> You're <laughs> taking your Sabbath day, like yeah. Walter. Yeah. Is your, is, uh, your wife Jewish? Not well. It doesn't matter. I am. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that if you're divorced anymore. Well, what do you do when you're divorced? You destroy your library card and move on. Do <laughs> you want some candy corn? No, I'm okay. Have you tried it before? I tried it before. I just, I told you I tried it before. Try try it again. <laughs> I still want candy corn right now. We got candy corn. We got a little pumpkin, and albino pumpkin. Got a little Michael Myers. I'll give you a bite, buddy. <laughs> Feed him, feed him. Put it in between his lips. (laughs) And we're good to go. Talking about Halloween. John Carpenter movie. Which which Halloween? 1978. OG. Because there's three of them just named Halloween.
1: There's three? 2018 and Rob
0: Zombie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a 2018 Rob Zombie. There's like Halloween 1, 2, 3, 4, H2O... Five. Oh, there is H two O, right? Yeah. All I know
1: is one, two, three is there is three season of the witch, or is that two? It's not two. I've only seen this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's three season of the witch, which is like the anthology one. Well, my coworker was talking uh, to me about that one. There's um those one, two, three season of witch 4, the return of Michael Myers, five the revenge of Michael Myers. Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween H20 20 Years Later, Halloween Resurrection, Halloween 2007, Halloween 2, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends which are not out, those
0: two are in the works. Can't wait to see Michael Myers not die at the end of Halloween Ends and then it I'm keeps hope, going. I
1: hope Halloween Ends is the end of the franchise. I think that's, you know, I think that's enough. We don't need anymore. We don't need like some of these other horror franchises are. It's just getting a little embarrassing.
0: Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah.
1: Texas Chainsaws. Yeah. there Nightmare we'll
0: on Elm Street. Yeah, like basically all like the big iconic. What the Jaws movies? The Jaws movies. There's yeah. like one, two, three D. Then they wreck on three D and made Jaws three, and then I think there's like a four. And thankfully there, I don't think there's been one for like at least like twenty years. We got the Meg.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> nobody remembers the Medge Nobody remembers that movie except for you. I remember. it. I remember after I saw Venom, um, me and my friend went into the Meg to see what happened, uh, like what was going on, and we just saw Rain Wilson get eaten by the shark. Yeah. And uh, we were like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool," and we left. So I uh, will give that movie three out of five bags. Uh, Could have been longer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could have been better. Could have been better, but oh well, you know, Them's the breaks.
0: There's like a few Exorcist movies, but I can't think of any other huge. There was a thing. recent Exorcist movie,
1: like in 2013. The was last it? exorcism. I'm pretty sure though it was from the same franchise.
0: The Paranormal Activity movies.
1: That one is like seven movies deep now. Yeah. It's like you know what the the thing with horror film franchises is that they if one gets successful. Then they'll just pump out a bunch of low budget ones, and I guess they're getting decent returns on them because they keep doing it. The Conjuring movies, the Purge movies, is like six movies, and it's crazy. Yeah. They're just a little, they just get a little taste, a little, a little bite <laughs> of the of some money, and they go buck wild.
0: Yeah, uh, Halloween, nineteen seventy eight, uh, needs little to no introduction uh but we'll introduce it anyways J- john carpenter's movie um he was like hey let's make-. these two J goffs approached him and they're like hey you want to make this movie for us and he's like yeah if i have total creative control they're like mm, okay and they paid him 10 grand for it and i think that was about it basically it has um jamie lee curtis and her film debut jamie lee curtis is like the daughter, granddaughter of the lady in Psycho. Uh,
1: the lady who plays Marion Crane in Psycho,
0: yeah. she's the daughter.
1: So she's uh, Scream Queen uh, royalty. Yeah. You know? She comes from a long
0: line. It was meant to be. Or this would be her breakout movie. And I think uh, I,
1: whenever I was reading up on this film, this is said to continue this slasher tradition from Psycho, which I guess was kind of like the genesis of that genre. Yeah. Because... Uh, I don't know. There wasn't. I can't think of anything really like that before. There was thrillers and stuff. Hitchcock had done stuff before that, but nothing overtly as creepy and
0: as night focused. I guess. I don't even like. Maybe this is silly, but I don't. When I think of slashers, I don't really think of Psycho. You don't. Well, it's just like a. It's like a proto slasher, I guess you could say. Yeah, because he just like kills that one lady and then. Pushes the guy down the stairs, and is there anything else? And then there's like that little a
1: tease at the end of the film when they're like, he couldn't hurt a fly, and he's going to do more havoc. I guess that, oh, that, yeah. that, that's kind of a slasher staple when it's like, he's not dead.
0: Right. And or, he, or he's he's back at it again. I didn't see the ending of that as like, he'll be at it again. It was just like, he's just insane Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, did you watch Psycho Two? Is there a Psycho Two? There's a Psycho Two. There's a Psycho Three. I, I didn't watch. There, I didn't watch those. I don't really care. One day we'll do
1: a special episode where we'll watch a bunch of sequels to classic horror films. Yeah. Uh, and they probably won't all be worth talking about, so we'll just make a extravaganza.
0: Um. So yeah. So there's this little kitty named Michael Myers on Halloween, I forget what year, like 63 or something. 63, yeah. It was 15 years before. He goes and kills uh, his sister. After she
1: has a boy over, he just goes upstairs while she's brushing her hair and he he puts on a clown mask. Yeah. And he's in a clown costume and then he just stabs her to death. Yeah. Then he walks outside and his parents are like, hey, Michael, what are you doing, man? And there's a great shot where the parents are like, They're standing, like, kind of far away from him, and they're just looking at him, and they just look at him silently, and Michael just stares ahead, and that just zooms out from that shot, and then it cuts to 15 years later. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and then Donald Pleasance, who plays Dr. Loomis, who's, like, a character that, I guess has been done before, like, the Van Helsing to Dracula, Loomis is to uh yeah michael ex- myers exactly yeah he's just his foil and basically loomis is just like i want to keep this guy in this mental hospital for life i don't want him to ever get out because he's just gonna kill someone again because in this movie michael myers is basically and we mm-hmm. can talk about this later uh, the embodiment of evil really mm-hmm. um and then yeah Jamie lee curtis's character and her two other friends are all kind of like babysitter girls and that's what the movie was originally a that was the idea for the movie when they approached uh, John Carpenter. They are like, can you make a movie about a guy who kills babysitters? He was like, all right. So, um, yeah, Michael Myers is just hunting the, the ladies throughout the movie. That's it.
1: Fun fact, the original title for this before they changed it to Halloween and said on Halloween was just The Babysitter Murders. Yeah. Which is not nearly as catchy. As Halloween. It, just, it reminds me of The Babysitter's Club, <laughs> which is not exactly threatening. But you love this movie, yeah? And I, I actually, I think, I at this point, I love this movie too. It's an excellent film. Why don't we just start from the top? Yeah. What, uh, what,
0: what, what gets your goat about this movie? Okay, one thing. This is like a technical thing, but this uh, other than the beginning, like the intro to the movie, the sh- the whole movie kind of takes place in one day, day and night, mm-hmm. on Halloween. Day and night. What? 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 The lonely. Babysitter, murderer, <laughs> anyways. Um, and all the night scenes uh, are shot so well, it's so everything's so dark, but you can still make out everything that's happening. Uh, and Caitlin and I just watched um Trick Our Treat last night, it was like this horror anthology movie, but it sucked ass. And like we were watching it, and I was like, What is happening? It was so dark, I couldn't tell what was happening. But everything in this movie was shot very nice um the movie starts out really green and bright and then as it gets as the movie progresses it becomes very black and blue uh what are you looking at it's Full screen <laughs> oh yeah um it becomes very black and blue i like the idea of michael myers his uh character design is great and should we get the star trek connection out of the way now or Oh, do we have
1: to bring it up, or is it So, No, if you don't
0: know, <laughs> Michael Still Myers' mask was, in fact, a Kirk mask. Um, they had, like, no budget for... Well, a relatively small budget compared to other movies of the time.
1: I think this is considered an independent film. Yeah. Like, when it came out. It yeah. Was, like, one of the most
0: successful independent films. Mm-hmm. Other than, like... I don't know. What's the most? I guess Star Wars? I guess... Uh... I feel like Star Wars
1: it's like it was there was too much it was like a little too big for it to be like independent like Star Reservoir Wars Reservoir Dogs what? Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction yeah. is like an independent film that blew up I don't know there's a lot there's a lot of films especially at this time when like independent films were starting Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of older movies that people don't even think of like independent like this they might not think of it but really this movie doesn't have anything it's set in a suburban neighborhood and the villain is just a guy in a kirk kirk mask painted white
0: yeah they had like it was so rushed i think it all was shot in like four weeks or something They, they did the screenplay in 10 days yeah it was, it was crazy fast. And so the night before, the day before shooting, they went to like a Macy's or something. I forget what it was. J.C. Penny and picked up everyone's outfits. Um, what you might not know is that um, Michael Myers' outfit is actually green. But how everything's shot and it always looks like blue. Is that a Star Trek reference? That's a Star Trek reference. <laughs> a lighting reference? <laughs> it, it's green. I think the overalls were like a Big Macs, I think they're called. Um, but anyways, uh, they got a Kirk mask for like a buck 89 and they just cut the eyes a bit and painted it white. And that was it. I think originally they were going to do a clown mask and they like, this is stupid. They wanted it to be like a bit more creepy, a little more subtle. So they went with the, the nice Kirk mask. Anyways, uh, I like the design for Michael Myers is great. Um, he doesn't talk through like the movie, just all here is like him breathing or kind of moaning. Like and grunting it, it makes you think like is he even capable of speaking mm-hmm. um, the, the acting job is great the horror is good thrills are good yeah. I wanted to talk about the camera work specifically, because I actually think of
1: of the Carpenter films I've seen, I think this is my favorite job he's done mm-hmm. uh, in terms of cinematography. The use of shadows in this film is great, mm-hmm. as you said. Uh, during like the cl- in The Thing. What? Like in The Thing. Like in The Thing. He John Carpenter is really an expert at that. He, he just has this sort of way of using the shadows as kind of its own character in the sense that the darkness is something to be feared. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael would just emerge silently from the shadows. In one of the, my favorite shots of the movie, when Lori finds all her dead friends and she's crying in the corner. And you just see this black, empty space beside her. And despite mm. you knowing that something's going to pop out of there, they don't do it cheaply. Michael just slowly emerges out and you just see his mask and he's looking at Lori mm-hmm. And then he goes for the kill. Wait, um, is that when she's on the couch? No, that's when he. That's when she goes into the bedroom, sees the tombstone. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah. And she's outside, and she's like, ah, and that's when Michael Myers swipes at her.
0: Oh, and he gets cuts her blouse or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. John Carpenter also he has. There's such a patience in the camera work in this, in that shots last like a long time. You'll see Michael just standing there. It'll hold for like five, seven seconds. And then Laurie will look right, and it'll cut back, and you'll just it'll just remain on the image of Michael in that area, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the best parts of the film in terms of creating suspense because it, there's just this eeriness that permeates all throughout it because of it. It's kind of I guess you could say a slow burn movie, but it's
0: so effective. It's like a it feels like a slow movie, and it's like an hour and a half. It feels like a two hour long movie. Yeah, and that's because um, d- that's just because
1: his his camera work in this is is so steady mm-hmm. and so reserved. Um, there's there's some like quote unquote fancy shots. Um, another one of my favorite shots in the film is when Michael, I guess, first lays eyes on uh, Laurie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's walking after dropping off Annie, and she's singing "Just the Two of Us," mm-hmm. and it just has the shot of Michael staring at her from over his shoulder. Ugh, there's so many great shots like that. The stuff with Mike, and it's and it's interesting that John Carpenter, for a lot of the film, kind of has Michael's perspective in yep. the film, in the sense that, and it was funny because I was talking to I was talking to Jessica yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about Halloween. She doesn't know anything about it. And she says. Is Michael Myers like the main character of the film? And I said, kinda. Yeah. I think I I was reading up on it, and apparently when the movie came out, some people were concerned that the the fact that there's so much perspective from Michael's point of view is is going to encourage viewers yeah uh, to indulge in misogyny and sadism and uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. I was I thought <laughs> I think that's funny. From a modern perspective, that's not the case. We've seen films do this kind of thing before for sure. Where really the 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 villain or the movie monster quote unquote is sort of the focus of the film. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting at the time that this was controversial. Um, I should note though that Roger Ebert loved this movie. Yeah. He gave it a go, go to rating. He gave it that four out of four
0: stars. He didn't hold back. I think he called it like the best, one of the best horror movies and he said, or, and I'm pretty sure he said it's the best slasher movie. And yeah, I mean, it's when a movie's so good that even
1: Evert, despite, uh, you know, degeneracy and violence and gore happening in the film can praise it, then you know it's a special. It's yeah. a special film. Um, I, let's talk about the soundtrack in this film, because I actually really like that. There's the iconic theme. And the iconic theme is just a few piano notes and like a couple of synthesizers. Dum- uh, and I was listening to I was trying to pay attention to the soundtrack throughout the film and I found that like that's like the bulk like the whole soundtrack is like pretty sparse. Yep. But once again it's it it lends excellently to the atmosphere of the done film. Done by John Carpenter. Oh really? He yeah. composed
0: it. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I he might have done the music for the thing as well too.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Uh you, the scores I feel like are somewhat similar.
0: Yeah.
1: So I could I could definitely see that. Um but it's, it's it's really good. Every time you hear that little... I didn't even know that was Halloween until I saw the movie whenever I first saw it, like a year or two years ago. But everyone's
0: heard it. It's on, like, every Halloween spooky playlist for not... every haunted house. And it's in, like, a ton of movies and TV shows, like, as yep. a joke,
1: which yep. is where, like, I first... I uh, heard it. It's kinda like the where you hear Luke I am your father before you watch the movie. Yeah. Kind of deal. But the soundtrack is great. Um, and it is once again kinda reserved in the same way that the camera work is and that it's not extravagant. It's not wow <laughs> it's 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 patient, like Michael Myers.
0: There's so many like fake outs, there's a big build up to, you know, see Michael Myers in action. Like he's pretty much stalking Laurie throughout the whole movie, and I guess we should, why he stalks Laurie is because her dad's like a real estate agent, and he was like, "Can you drop off the house to the Myers? Uh, uh, the, can you drop off the key to the Myers house? Someone's gonna come look at it today." So she goes and she drops off the key, and then we see it from the we see her outside of the house uh, from the perspective of inside of the house, and then you see Michael like, just his silhouette, kind of, in the corner of the frame, breathing. Yeah. And then he's just stalking her because he went to the house, pretty much. And then he just stalks her for so long, like, she's in class and looks out of the window, and he's just... You just see this guy in a a white mask staring at you outside of the window. She's like... (laughs) "Eh." And then she, like, pretends to look away, and then she's like, pretends to look back, like, there's something she should be seeing there, and then he's gone. And there's a good fake out where... Lori's in her room, Lori played by Jamie Lee Curtis, is in her room, uh, and she looks out the window, and then there's the clotheslines with clothes flying in the wind, and then Michael's just standing in it, looking up at her, and then she's like, uh, and then looks away, looks back, he's gone, and then the phone rings, and then it's just like someone chewing, and she's like, hello, and then it's... She hangs up, and then it's her friend who was calling her, being like, sorry, I had a mouthful of food. <laughs> There's good fake-outs like that. You know, it, it, throughout the
1: film, and the whole thing that you... Uh, the theory that you subscribe to, and that many people do, and I guess Dr. Luma subscribed to, that Michael Myers isn't really human. He yeah. the embodiment of evil. So at the film, I was trying to see, like, is there anything besides the end when Michael takes, like, 25 gunshots <laughs> to the head, and then he's still cool? Was there anything he does that's particularly inhuman? And I thought when he rang the phone, I was like, how do you get to the phone so quick? But then that was Annie.
0: Um, there's one cool thing. And again, I don't know if this is deliberate or just a me- mess up. But near the end of the film, when Lori stabs him with a knife, there's no blood on the knife when she pulls it back. That's interesting because there's blood on the knife and the needle
1: that she uses. Remember oh, initially?
0: Yeah, maybe it was
1: just a mess-up. Maybe thing. they're just a goof. I tried to look at the blood on that knife, too, specifically, and I don't know if it was just because it was too dark or if they just goofed on it, but yeah. They might have just forgotten. I didn't even think of the needle. So, like, and and, and of course, Michael Myers takes
0: his mask off, and then you see him... He's humanoid. Yeah. He's, we don't know if he's, like, flesh and, like... I don't know. It's so... It's so f- silly, because, like, I don't know, too... Like he had human parents and they gave birth to Satan. I don't. I don't think about it too hard. I just think about him as a monster. No, yeah,
1: I I agree. Like him disappearing, it's 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 kind of in classic horror movie fashion. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea that Michael Myers is something else. I haven't seen the other films, but I'm sure those lend credence because I'm sure he gets shot
0: like twenty times in each of those. Yeah, he gets like set on fire in two or three. I forget. And he's chilling. And then. They're so stupid. It's like, uh, I forget. He has sex with his niece or something, so they can make a new Michael Myers or. Oh, uh, who cares? Looks like he's encroaching into uh, Leatherface territory. There, what's <laughs> going on? It was so. It, it becomes like a whole demonic thing, and they're having like rituals with Michael Myers and.
1: Give us your blood. Give uh, us your blood. Give us your blood. Give us like your blood. That.
0: It's so dumb. Um, but, but yeah, also, um, two little touches, the kids in this movie are watching horror movies and they watch the thing from another world and they also watch Forbidden Planet. Yeah. I
1: saw that. Uh, that resonated more now that I've seen the 82 thing and Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Uh, in the thing, they get the classic, the same, the team, the same sort of title, uh, sequence that they have in the 82 one. Mm-hmm. And I could even tell where they were in the movie because they're like, "Oh my God, it's a perfect." And they don't say it's like the perfect rectangle, but they found the cutout and the yeah. ice. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The Forbidden Planet stuff was cool. Hmm. Uh, I guess it's a horror movie ish. Kinda. I I think John Carpenter. I guess it. I mean, he's just a huge sci-fi fan. I guess right. Yeah. So, although, yeah, that isn't. That's not exactly how Halloween movie, board whatever. He is Forbidden Planet in there. I, I like how he has and I like to think that John Carpenter was a fan of comic books. I like how when Laurie's like Neutron Man, <laughs> Laser Man, Laser Man. Like what the hell is this garbage? <laughs> didn't John did... Carpenter write some comic books? He has. Yeah, like it, um, I can't remember. He, he didn't know there was one recently that like he all but wrote, like he wrote the story for and someone wrote I read some of that and it was total trash. Uh, <laughs> but he, I, I think he is a comic book fan and he is involved with the productions of some comic books, which I can
0: appreciate. The thing that sucks is that Myers' house is, uh, is gone.
1: Stop doing that! Well, you know what? It's like it's some indie movies coming out now and they'll destroy the house that they make it in. Everyone will love it and they'll say why you did that. But Evil Dead Cabin. Shit, that one, that one is rough. All I would love. left is, like, the fire pit. I would love to go to the Evil Dead camp. They should, like, reconstruct it. Fan
0: project. I'll
1: contribute a few bucks.
0: Um, I want to talk about the kills. Kills are cool. Um, I mean, one thing that he does, and this is so effortless now, is Michael Myers kills a dog in this movie and just, like, strangles it or something. We he don't just, really see. He just strangles it because you just see the dog's legs hanging yeah. and then he just drops it on the ground. Like Caitlin and I again we're watching Trick or Treat and there's a dog and like dog's gonna die probably because it's just so it's so effortless. There's a dog in the movie. It's like it's like killing a baby without actually doing it and everyone goes, no It's like all those memes where people are like, I don't even care when a human dies, but when a dog dies in a movie. That crosses the line. <laughs> um there's Oh what's that lady's boyfriend Bob is his name but what's his girlfriend's name Linda Linda Yeah there's Linda and Bob they're like the promiscuous uh couple they're drinking like, smoking drinking smoking token fucking fucking they're fucking and she's like hey Bob you want to go get me a a beer he's like all right goes down there's like pretty much the only jump scare in the movie I think Michael just fucking pops out of the dark and there goes like Pring! then not he open the cupboard or something, and then Michael comes out or something? Oh, yeah, he opens a cupboard, and then he just pops out, chokes him against a wall, and then, like, stabs a knife into him, going through his body into the wall. I'm going to have to fact-check that one.
1: But uh, it, was, it was still cool, because he pins him to the wall. The knife yeah. is
0: pretty big. Maybe Bob was a pretty skinny guy. He could go <laughs> through. The, and then there's kind of a goofy part. I, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but then Michael dresses up in a bedsheet, I love this part of the film. Do you? Film. I do. Um, uh, first of all, I
1: love the. I like the kill, but one of my favorite parts after he kills Steve is that Michael Myers and Bob. this... What? Is his name Bob? Bob is the guy. Did I say Steve? Yeah. Oh, Bob, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching the movie, I was thinking Steve too. I don't know why I <laughs> keep thinking that. He's a Steve-looking guy. Anyway, uh, after Michael killed Bob, he spends like a good twenty seconds just admiring oh, okay. his handiwork. It's yeah. such a beautiful scene because he's looking at it like it's a painting. Yeah. And that's just uh, that's just another great tidbit that just adds to the legend of Michael Myers and how evil he is. So he kills Bob, it enjoys his work, and then he open and then while Linda is lying in bed, he opens the door with a sheet over his head and Steve's glasses on him. and he says Mom. nothing. <laughs> Fucking, is, it's Bob, <laughs> David. It. Um, with Bob's glasses on, I love that scene because I it, we've seen that scene a bunch of times before. I think not before this, mm-hmm. but in general, but this one is done so well. It almost—it's one of those scenes where like you almost—you could almost get rid of the scene where Bob is being killed, and then just have him cut yeah. to leave, yeah, and that would have worked too. But I'm glad that they showed the kill. It was cool. Uh, and Linda is like, you know, give me my beer, give me my beer, and she shows her booth. she's like, you like these, and he doesn't say anything, and she's like, whatever, I'm gonna call Annie and Paul, uh, and then he just strangles her while she's on the phone with
0: Lori. And then it just sounds like she's, like, moaning. And she's like, is this some kind of a joke? I don't want to hear this, guys. Because Lori is like... The Girl Scouts is a goody two shoes in the movie.
1: That brings us to uh, let's talk about this a little bit, yeah, and because people, you know, it's a kind of a slasher staple. They talk about it in Scream and in general. Um, people say that you know this, this could be. Some people say this is a social critique. Of immorality in teenagers at this time when they're having sex and drinking and smoking and being degenerates. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lori is a pure girl and she survives while all her friends die. Um, I think John Carpenter went on record saying like that, not that it wasn't deliberate, but like there was no deeper meaning behind that per se.
0: Someone asked the same thing to Wes Craven about nightmare yeah and he was just like I just think it's funny <laughs> that they're fucking when there's a serial killer running around and then they die the, that that works too um I like the idea
1: I kind of like the idea and there's a big theme in the film and they illustrated uh, pretty plainly in a school uh, in a class English class scene earlier when they talk about fate mm-hmm. um, and this is a this is sort of a theme that is runs throughout the film you could see it as sort of Laurie is like the purest good and Michael is the embodiment of evil. So then they come together as fate would have it and whatever struggle ensues. I like that idea. Um, I also like the idea, fate-wise, um, of having Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers kind of opposed as well. Yeah. I really like his storyline in this film. And Donald Pleasence does a great job as this film. Mm-hmm. One piece of trivia, uh, there was two people, famous people, who turned down the role. Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin, that would have been sweet. he was going to do it, but then his agent after Star Wars was like, there's not enough fucking money, get out of here. So he was like, pass. Christopher Lee was asked to do it too, but then he passed on it. He said that was one of the biggest mistakes of his career. Because he thought the movie was really cool? Yeah, yeah. And because I, I think Donald, I think this is like his big role. He's in THX as Sen. Yep. I think his only other bigger role might be like, he's Blofeld. And Bond, um, and he he gets like first billing on the title. Call. He gets first billing, especially because Jamie Lee Curtis is like new. Yeah. She got paid like way less than him. Yeah, I think. Uh, so he he's like the star power in this film. Really, mm-hmm. I don't think there's really anybody else of huge note. But uh, his storyline is wholly entertaining. Mm-hmm. The cat and mouse game he plays with Michael Myers. He's what I like about his character is he's like the character in the horror movie that knows how dangerous it is like exactly and he does everything right yeah the van
0: helsing he's the van helsing
1: yeah. yeah like he he's so careful of michael myers he knows exactly what to do with him he's scared of him yeah every time someone surprised him he's got grabs his gun he grabs his gun he's like here and and the policeman he has a great dynamic with uh detective lee brackett who... and or what's her name anna and Annie? a- annie's dad yeah uh, they have a great dynamics of the film. Uh, they have like a mini Buddy Cop movie going when he's like, you're a crazy dog, but I'll help you anyway. <laughs> um, and his performance is great. He he lends a lot of gravity to the role. Uh, I really like his speech that he has when they enter the Myers house and he's just talking about how evil Myers is. He spent eight years trying to reach him, seven trying to keep him locked up because he saw nothing behind those black eyes. Yeah. That's great uh one thing and another thing i read about the dialogue in this film and this is one thing i really like about the dialogue is that one thing i noticed is that for the teenage and the kid and the kids the dialogue is very naturalistic Mm -hmm. i found that was one thing um in the sense that even sometimes like conversations will trail off or like have like sort of awkward moments and not in a sense that they feel strange like there's something that could have been done in another take, but something that feels natural. And I found out that actually John Carpenter's girlfriend at the time, Deborah Hill, co-wrote this movie with Mm -hmm. him. She did all the teenage girl dialogue, which Mm. is perhaps why it's so good. Carpenter handled most of the other stuff. Uh, But I really wanted to give kudos to that. I also think the kid actors and all the teenage actors in this movie are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Really, the cast consists of just Lori, her friend Linda, and her boyfriend Bob. uh, and Steve. (laughs) No, it's Bob. (laughs) Nice try. Um, Annie and her boyfriend, Paul, which we don't see. No. And then these two kids that they're babysitting. uh, Lindsay and... uh, What's this? Tommy. Tommy. Uh, Lindsay and Tommy. They all do an excellent job. They're all... very believable. Um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis, considering this is her debut role, especially does a really good job. Yeah. Especially in her confrontation with Michael Myers. Uh, it's really well done. She's a good scream queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she really earned her crown, I should say. Um, but it's all done well. Um, Annie is probably like... It, Annie's kind of like the comedic relief in the film because Lori's just like, oh, I don't know if we should do this. Or she's playing it really straight. and And Annie's kind of just like a rogue... Yeah, sort of character. She lends a lot of the comedy to the film.
0: One one part of the movie <laughs> I can't. Uh suspend my disbelief too far is when they're smoking dope and uh, Lori and Annie are smoking weed in their car with the windows closed and then they run into their dad or Annie's dad and he doesn't smell a thing sorry to break this to you teens who are rebelling no they wouldn't smell <laughs> they wouldn't smell my dad holy doesn't holy shit it smells so bad <laughs> my dad can't smell me taking bongriffs out the window I use Febreze though yeah okay <laughs> there's a good scene where like the kids in this town like know like the mind ourselves it's like the spooky house and you know how like kids and movies and in real life they just have, make urban legends about anything spooky carpenter did that very deliberately because he
1: said like every suburban neighborhood has that one house yeah like oh it's creepy it's Don't creepy there. there's a rapist or a murder
0: <laughs> and like these kids are going and loomis is just hiding in the bushes and he's like get your ass away from the house hey
1: Hey, Lonnie, get your <laughs> ass out of here, and the kid just fucking <laughs> it out of there, and then
0: and then Loomis is just like <laughs> dumbass kid. There's good stuff in like the movie that um, where they just like show the aftermath, like when they go to the Myers' house, they find like rats with their heads bitten off or whatever. They find a like a dead dog in there, yeah. and then
1: he's like, uh Lee Lee Brackett, the police officer, is like, could have been a skunk, and then Loomis is like, no, he got hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Loomis is so great for that. His delivery and all the lines, like it, he just lends so much credibility to this idea that Michael Myers is so evil because you just wholeheartedly believe him. Yeah, because he said everything so seriously uh and with such gravitas.
0: It, it's so well done. there's just like I, I think I said this, but I'll just go back to it. Just I love the build up, where. Michael's just driving this car past Laurie and the gang. Mm -hmm. And then Annie screams like, hey, slow your ass down or something. And then he just slams on the brake. And then again, like the camera just holds on his stopped car. And then you're like what's gonna happen and then he just slowly kind of drives off again. And he's like god can he take a joke? I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. <laughs> Based Annie RIP. Um one thing I want to mention quickly, I really dislike the poster for this movie. Really? Yeah, like the
1: the pumpkin and then the knife and it kind of looks like a hand. Yeah. You don't like it. Nah. I kind of like it. I I think it's cool. It's like a, it's a, it's pretty simple, but it's pretty iconic, I don't know.
0: I don't know what I do differently but yeah it is iconic like the uh, Silent Night Deadly Night poster they just ripped it off or the second one what is this poster for the second one Uh, maybe I'm imagining it and also the scene where you see a silhouette there's just so many great shots of like uh, one second Michael lurking in the film yeah and There's no point where you're like, well,
1: for me personally, where I was like, get on with it. I want him to do something because so much the horror of the film is just having this character in the background just waiting to strike, taking his time. There's in the film earlier, Dr. Loomis says Michael Myers would just stare at a wall well. for like the fif- 15 years he'd been passed off. And he says he wasn't looking at the wall, he was looking past the
0: wall, mm-hmm. waiting
1: inhumanly patient for whenever this opportunity would arise for him to wreak havoc again.
0: Uh, it's not exactly the same, but same idea where it's like, a Christmas ornament hand with a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. And also on a black backdrop. They should have made it a garbage bag. Garbage day! Garbage day! <laughs> but that's <laughs> the <Motherfucker>. same... <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing that that I said when we watched a thing, is, like, he would just have cam... Like, the camera would be the thing, and in this movie, a lot of times, like, the camera is Michael Myers. Yes, and it's,
1: and it's done... It's just done so well. They don't really, in a sense, like this movie focuses the most on Michael Myers, um, and. You know, that's a really big gamble from a production standpoint from John Carpenter in the sense that, like, if people didn't really take him they probably wouldn't have liked the movie so much. But Michael Myers, of all, like, horror movie villains, I think he's, like, one of my favorite Just because not only the simplicity of the character. dynamask He just, he literally just a guy in a shitty Halloween mask and a jumpsuit he stole from some guy off the road that he killed.
0: Yeah, and then he, like, stole the knives at that hardware store.
1: Yeah, and uh, knives row and something else. Uh, or uh, the mask. And the mask. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's just something so menacing about that. It's it's more menacing than having like a super scary ghost or like a demon that crawls out of your butthole and I was and talking rips about... your face
0: open. <laughs> it's like who cares? Exactly. And I was talking about that with Caitlin yesterday. Uh, this will be the last shout out for her. When we're watching <laughs> Trick or Treat and I mentioned Halloween specific and I said what makes a movie the scary is if the more believable it is. Yeah, Halloween is believable other than him taking twenty shots and living because any guy can just take a knife, find you in the night, and stab you. And people do do that. Unfortunately, yep. that <laughs> happens sometimes, and that's why this movie's effective. And not that you can't have fantasy horror like Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever, um, but it just has to. It just has to be somewhat still grounded. Yeah, um, and when things get too wacky, people are like. Well, that's not scary, because that's not real. Yeah, and it just seems implausible, you know? Yeah. This this is
1: like the exact type of movie where you finish it, you turn the lights off, and you... Is mm-hmm. Michael right there? Because some guy could be right there. Exactly. I, I don't know about the thing or something <laughs> like that, if aliens are in my house, but, you know, Michael could be. He's a creepy guy. Yeah. Um, can, can we talk about how Bob is like a one-pump chump in the scene? He lasts like four... <laughs> 10 fucking seconds, man. Well, we don't
0: know the whole build-up.
1: Well, they take a break. Look, all I'm saying is that Lindis is fantastic, and I really did not believe that.
0: Starts filing her nails. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> can you get me a beer so I can forget this? Also, I can't suspend my disbelief that this woman's asking for a beer. Nobody should like beer. I, I like beer. <laughs> you like it now? I like beer. Yeah, I like beer. Look,
1: oh if you're trying to get... Uh, effed up and you got a beer like everyone's got that beer you're like look one day you'll get that beer and then as soon as that happens boom we're RLM too we'll just be drinking we're gonna be f- full in the bag hey what are you doing how do i look <laughs> your hair's in your eye hole i'm oh, gonna no. take a picture of this for the cop podcast are
0: you gonna make that post this, this week
1: yeah i will make the post nice look at me no way! I can't see that. There we go. Perfect. Okay, that's going on the podcast Instagram.
0: I want to meet. Uh, I think his name's Nicholas Castle. Is that the guy who plays Michael physically? Yeah. There's a different guy who plays his face. I'm pretty Why sure. Why did do that? Did it with like Darth Vader, where five guys was playing. Yeah, it's like or like Boba Fett too. These dubs and shit. Yeah. Just have one guy, okay. Um, yeah, there's that one scene where his mask comes off, and a lot of horror movies have, like, the one scene where you get the reveal, uh, you get that, like, uh, Friday the 13th, where at the end of the movie, you get to see Jason, they did that, like, pretty much every Friday the 13th movie, you you'd have, like, one scene where the mask comes off, and he's just a dude, and he has, like, a little bum eye, but, um, but he's- He has saying, a fucked
1: up eye because Laurie stabbed him.
0: No. Yeah. Was that after the closet? Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just thought he just had a messed up eye, but he didn't have one as a kid, so that makes sense. His eye looks weird in that shot. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like
1: he got stabbed in the eye, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> it just to show that he got effed up and that he's human, I guess, somewhat, anyway.
0: Because, like, Lori stabs him in the neck with the sewing needle... And then he like drops dead, and then he just comes back up. There's a good scene. I think it's after she stabs him in the eye, where it just shows her. And then in the background, you just see him like stand up, almost like Nosferatu. Yeah, he rises up like a classic movie monster. There's so many
1: great touches with Michael Myers. They did such an excellent job mm-hmm. of making him a credible threat. Uh, they never overexpose him too much. I even think the scene where they take the mask off is good, because... It kinda of humanizes him in the sense that you know this man is human and that makes him a little bit more of a threat. Because if you just have him be like a super scary guy who can like you know there's a point in the horror film where if the slasher is doing like inhuman things and that's one thing I like about Scream is where like they everybody who fights the slasher and Scream gets a couple of jabs. Yeah. Men. Like they just kinda of fuck him up a little bit and it it just Makes him more believable if, whereas if he's just like an unstoppable monster that'll just come and squish your head and then keep walking, lumbering down the road,
0: it's not the same. I, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna give her a shout out, but I'm watching a, a movie with some shout out to Kayla. I want give her the shout trick out, trick or treat. And I was like, I, that's what I started talking about. I was like, it's just, un, it's not that scary when there's just a thing that is just unstoppable and just so supernatural, it can just do anything. Or, I, like. Like, The Shining isn't scary because Jack is fucking a guy with seven million teeth that can <laughs> walk through walls. It's just, like, it's scary because it's a dude who just grabs an axe. And, <laughs> and because he's played by Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and he's creepy looking. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Jack Nicholson Joker? Yeah, I like Jack Nicholson Joker.
1: He's oh. good. He's like He's very classic Joker, which I like. Yeah. And also, I mean, if anyone's going to play the Joker... You know what? it? Him playing the Joker makes me want, like, Willem Dafoe to play the Joker, mm, kind of, too. Yeah. it's just kind of scary. But yeah, you did Goblin, so it's kind of like the same thing, basically. He was really
0: good as Goblin. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Again, and again, and again. What does he say, like... "Sleesh"? <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. <coughs> Um, I had a question for you. This is just like a conspiracy theory segment. I want to get into that because there's a, there's some stuff to talk about. You got um, how do you think or why do you think Michael's able to drive? Oh, like because uh, he wouldn't because he would have been a kid. Yeah, uh, just
1: intuition, I guess. He just knows. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know. He just clicks the gas pedal. He's a smart guy, I guess. I mean, Michael is an incredibly intelligent person because, <laughs> I mean, he's he's evading the cops and dodging everybody and making these great kills. So I think he's just, like, whatever, like a really intelligent sociopath. Okay, so he's probably tearing it down the highway, didn't give a fuck about anything, and then we got to the city, he had to blend in.
0: Because there was, like, one throwaway line where Loomis first, like, after Michael escapes and he's talking to some guy at the hospital and he says like someone here must have taught him how to drive he's like i I think the guy says how could he even drive he can't drive and then he's like well he drove drove pretty damn well last night to get out of here but he says like someone someone here must have taught him or something maybe there was like
1: that one nurse that took pity on him yeah little mikey (laughs) got no family
0: nobody to love but then i was also thinking like if someone was teaching him how to drive why didn't he just kill that person take the car and go He was waiting. This is the night. Halloween
1: night. You can't just take it Well, there were other
0: Halloweens.
1: You can't just take it on like an April (laughs) afternoon. Like that's fucking lame. Right. Michael is, Michael, what you have to appreciate about Michael is the theatrics of it all. Right. You know, he waits 15 years to the day to go after this girl that looks kind of like his sister. And he's poetic. He can, you know, he puts on a show. The tombstone. The tombstone—it's beautiful. He's watching a lot of movies, for sure. They probably had him locked up in a, with some Hitchcock movies in his place. Um, one here's another theory I have for you. Do you think? And this is just this is like solely based on the fact that in the initial scene from Michael's perspective, when he looks at his when he looks at the guy leaving and his sister, and then he looks at the empty bed. Do you think there's some kind of sexual element to his derangement? Like some kind of thing that kills him. Like, Probably. do you think like he hates women or something? Because he only he, he doesn't. He only kills. He only, he kills Bob, of course, but in other than that, he targets these female babysitters. I don't know. They don't really explain that, and that's one thing I like too, because we don't need like, you know, story. about some psychoanalysis. Yeah, that's what we have, what we have all the sequels for is mm-hmm. that we can get into the into that but uh they don't really give any clues as to what makes Michael derange and supposedly like in the initial scene when his sister mentions Michael a couple times she doesn't say like oh i mean she does not say oh michael's like this weird guy or i mean she just refers to her off handedly like her little brother so you assume that he was somewhat normal but i don't know he just snaps
0: yeah i don't know like if i had to make an origin story just based off this. I would say that he was probably just a creepy kid, probably um, killed some a- animals, probably took legs off bugs. And, some Dahmer stuff. Yeah. and acid. And then, like, why does he snap that night? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. And, and maybe there was some sort of sexual um, aspect to it where, I don't know. And I mean,
1: I mean, like, and it's sort of a theme that goes throughout the film. When he kills Annie, she's like almost naked. Yeah. He kills Linda and Bob right after they have sex. Yeah. Um, he poses her in the. They, he poses them all in the bedroom uh, after he kills the three of them. So there's something there, but it's not something super overt or something that takes a lot of focus from the film. Um, I guess that's just something that's common in horror films. There's always like, I mean, in Psycho, there's like the weird Oedipus stuff. Yeah, where he's dressed up as his mom. This shot, this one, this this shot, uh, in which he's crying, and you just see Michael. And in fact, that like kind of shot there is the poster for Halloween twenty eighteen. Yep, uh, it's just Michael's face, like half shrouded in shadows, and it's a it's a decent
0: poster. I really liked. I never. I still haven't watched Halloween twenty eighteen. <laughs> Me neither. But I really like how they aged the mask and everything Oh, like it's dirty and stuff like that because this one that he just painted it fresh yeah um the movie doesn't say like i don't think it says that he painted
1: it i forget if oh they don't mention it because unless they mentioned it in the list of things that he stole which i don't believe they did i think it's just mass knife and rope so i don't know they in the is it meant to be like this is just inside out or that He like, or in the film production, they actually painted the mask, right?
0: Yes. So like, it was originally the Kirk mask. I can show you, uh, like, the comparison between the two. I seen the Kirk mask, and I was like, that is not a flattering image of Kirk. Like, no.
1: (laughs) That's supposed to be Shatner. So that's what they did to it. Yeah, they just painted it white and uh, cut out some of the. (laughs) Oh, what! Holy
0: shit! I gotta, I gotta put that on the call podcast too, on the Instagram. You can't even find these anymore. I don't think everyone's bought them up.
1: Well, people don't, cause like you sell those, and then people are just gonna paint them white. So they just sell them mask anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I forget if these were like bootlegs or if they were real. Or License. like if they were unlicensed.
1: Yeah. Did wasn't there some legal issue with a uh, Star Trek slash Kirk and this or no? I, I think Kirk up? was, like,
0: pissed when he first found out about it or something. That they used his likeness. Because they're yeah. using his likeness, basically, yeah. without permission. And I don't think he got any money from it. I can read about it later. But I'm sure, I mean, he's a fucking narcissist, so he's probably pissed about it one way <laughs> or the other. Well, this, this would have been... So, this was 78. When did
1: Motion Picture come out?
0: Um, After Star Wars. Maybe 80?
1: No. Oh, 79. 79. So this would have been like right before they started. He was back into Star Trek. Yeah. So maybe that. Maybe he was like, hey, can I get some of that money? But
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you have any other sort of conspiracy theories? Things? And, any uh, theories? Uh, not really. Oh, um. No. There's one piss off scene for me. I don't know why they did this. What? The scene where Laurie takes off his mask. It's a different mask. I don't know why they did that. Really? Yeah, I'll find it. Um, it has black eyebrows for some reason. Um, okay, so the closet scene, which is so good. You said
1: they only had one mask, right? During the production of the film? I thought so, but I could have been wrong. Oh, shit, I missed it. And, like, is that mask? Because they, they had to... Because you said, like, for the sequel, they got oh, the mask yeah, again, and yeah. it was, like, kind of fucked up. And yeah. they like,
0: oh, Because they just kept it under their bed for years. And it's... Uh, what is it made out of that, that Silicon. And I, it, you have to preserve it, or else it's going to degrade. It just degrades over time. I love that scene of him just rising. Okay, um, and then he comes... And look at his mask when it's in focus, if it ever gets in focus. Okay, there it is. And then look at... This mask, it has black eyebrows. Oh, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Uh. I didn't understand why they did that. Yeah, that was just weird to me.
1: Maybe uh, they were worried about ripping it. Maybe. Like, the good mask, so they didn't want, so they had a dummy, (laughs) they had a stunt double for the mask, that's how important it was, just in case anything happened to it.
0: Yeah, I I wanted to I, I wanted to fact check if it's Nick Castle or what his name is. Uh, I know I do know there is a Nick, Nick Castle. Nick Castle, or the shape. I love that they credit him as that.
1: So Tony Moran, uh, Tony Moran plays unmasked Michael, and then Will Sandon plays age six Michael. Yeah. Has Tony Moran been in anything else? He was in Happy. Oh, he's the older brother of an actress in Happy Days.
0: Oh, interesting. And that's about it classic what a guy but yeah I would like to meet Nick Castle and get him to sign my mask he looks like fucking dude Nick, that's, a Nick fan, that's a fan expo yeah he was at some convention in Calgary the or I think last year hey everybody let's all band together let's make conventions happen this summer
1: everybody stay home fan expo Hold come on tight. guys winter you know you don't want to go outside anyway so just stay home Play some games. Watch some movies. It'll be chill, bro. It'll be chill.
0: Halloween, obviously, is a good Halloween pick. Um, I want to watch a good-ass horror movie on Halloween night. It might
1: be the Halloween movie.
0: Yeah, I like that. Or Evil Dead is a good Evil one. Dead is a good one. Um, oh, what's Maybe Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Any sort of old... Uh, I don't know. Just gross movies (laughs) is a a good pick. Like, I wouldn't watch. What sort of horror movie would I watch? Like, I wouldn't watch Blair Witch Project on Halloween. You don't like that movie, so you wouldn't watch a period. (laughs) No. (laughs) I wouldn't watch a period. But, uh, what's another? Like, I don't know. It's just a good Halloween pick, not just because it's on Halloween. Would you watch The Babadook on Halloween? No. No. Would you watch.
1: Yeah, that's all the horror movies I could see in
0: right now. i watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. That'd be a good you Halloween You two pic- copies of that. That was a mix-up. I think Caitlin and my mom got me a copy each or something like that. <laughs> so now you get, uh, Is one of them better than the other? They're I, different editions? I have no idea. I haven't really looked at it. Uh, but yeah, do you want to go to Bangs? You got anything else?
1: I think that's about it. Um, I mean, it's... It, you know what? Uh, when it, This film is like a relatively simple film too. Yep. Like... Some people, some people might be bored with this movie. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, that's my thing. I'm not giving it a ten. Whoa! Because, like, there there is some parts there are some parts where I'm kind of bored, and I wish maybe one kill was a bit more extravagant. It's a lot of strangulation, and I wish there was kind of a a cool... It's not
1: about the kills. It's about sending a message. You watch
0: Slashers for the kills, okay? Nobody's tuning in to uh, Friday the 13th to see the psychoanalysis of Jason. And ooh, Jason's a deadite. Ooh, Ooh. nobody cares. Okay? That's canon, right? Yeah. Nice. They're, like, connected. So they're in the same universe. Yeah. Are they I owned by the same studio? I have no idea. It was just like they set it in a comic book or something. Oh, I see, I see. And it like and it makes sense because how how is Jason alive all the time? He just always lives. Well, we know
1: that in Jason X, he probably like grabs some space technology to enhance himself. So, uh,
0: so any movie after that, he's covered. Uh, Before that, I don't know. I think there's there's nine movies before that, so I don't know. I can tell you. Also, for one Halloween, I carved that pumpkin.
1: Yeah, that's really. I really like that. I like the little slit from his nose. It's it's a really iconic
0: pumpkin. I want to see if I can find it just real quick. And you can say if you have anything else you wanna say. Um, the only thing I wanted to comment on, the ending
1: of the film, I love too. Um, it's a, <laughs> You could say it's a downer ending. Nobody really, quote-unquote, wins. Uh, Laurie's just crying. You know she's traumatized. Dr. Loomis looks down and sees Michael's gone. And there's almost this look of unsurprise. He knows this isn't a saga that's going to end that easy. Yeah. And then one of the best parts, um, it's just a montage of different places Michael has been with his heavy breathing over. You mm-hmm. just
0: just like he's still stalking. And
1: then the last shot of the film is just the Myers house, yeah. where it all began, uh, and the final breathing, and then it just fades to black. Uh,
0: and then I I forgot to say, but I really like the kid, um, Tommy, in this movie, and he just keeps talking about the boogeyman all movie because Sorry, the <laughs> some kids bully him, and they're like the boogeyman's coming for you, and he refers to Michael Myers as the boogeyman the whole the whole movie, and a good horror movie staple is when there's just miscommunication and we as audience are just like frustrated. and we're like, ah, look, Lori, look, he's outside. Yeah. Uh, And we get that with Tommy where he just keeps calling him like the boogeyman. And then Lori's like, well, what does a boogeyman look like? And he's like, he looks like the boogeyman. I don't, because if he said, Oh, it's a dude in a white mask. She'd be like, what? Yeah. Um, and I, and then at the end, Lori was, I freak, I don't know if she says, was that, it, it was the boogeyman after Michael dies? Or she asks, was that the boogeyman? I forgot what she says. But either way, Loomis is like, I believe, uh, I believe it was. Matter of fact, I believe it was. Good uh, way to end the movie. A good ending to the movie. Um, Didn't need a second one.
1: Yeah, I mean, you never need a second one.
0: Didn't need aliens.
1: Well, you know, I mean, some people. Well, you, you don't need aliens, but a lot of people love aliens. Yeah, game over, man. I still haven't seen aliens. Well, have you seen Alien? Yeah. It's that. Uh, no, it's different.
0: Well, it's pretty pretty much the same. No, it's different. It's an action movie. Yeah, it's just the same movie, but action. But then also, Bill Paxton says game over, man. Game over, man. Game, game over. over.
1: How many bags? Five. Two One to ten? two five baggers in a row damn John Carpenter is hitting him out of the park boom five bags for Halloween I I don't I wouldn't change anything in this movie I wouldn't I think it's just it's great as it is it's the perfect length
0: well the cop ten out of ten agreement escapes us yet again (sighs)
1: another episode without it
0: I'm sorry how many bags nine it's good um Needs, um, needs a cool more... <laughs> it's such a nitpick thing, but... He needs more cool stuff in the movie. Needs a bit more cool stuff. I mean, that's what separates a 9 from a 10, is that... Is that extra bit of cool stuff that they sprinkle in. Yeah. Like, 77 Star Wars, it's a 9. But you watch Empire... No! <laughs> no, it's a 10. But, <laughs> I think. I, I was torn on it for a bit. I think they're both 10s. Um... Oh, shit, there's something I was going to talk to
1: post bag segment.
0: Yeah, but I forgot what it was gonna be. Uh so uh, anyway, next week is a Saturday Night Fever.
1: Yeah, and, um, what's so uh since I picked that one, what's your pick?
0: Can I get the big one?
1: Yeah, you get the big one.
0: I haven't before we thought about it, um, and I'm the-
1: thinking. I guess for December, there's a couple uh, Christmas classics that we still need to hit. For sure, we need to hit uh, Black Christmas, which is another slasher. Hmm. Um. Hopefully, that one will be a bit better than the slashers we reviewed last year for Christmas. Um. Which were dog shit. I want
0: to. I want to do some crappy movies. Like I'm tired of very nice good movies. Do you like how many bags for Bora too? How many bags? Yeah.
1: Uh. That one's like, like three out of five.
0: Yeah, maybe like yeah, like three bags. Here's my thing about Borat Two is is it's different.
1: It's a it's the story it's,
0: is different and like that sort of love story might turn people off from yeah Borat One. Where's it's just funny that he's hunting Pamela Anderson. Like in Borat One, like there isn't like in like an emotional core. It's
1: like it's basically uh. A narrative of Sasha Baron Cohen like just running around, dicking around in America, and there's political commentary and stuff. But this one has like the Borat. The first one is just like Sasha Baron Cohen doing stuff in public. This one is like Borat and his daughter doing stuff in public, and also it's a big deal. Yeah, I thought he died. Where yeah. was Azamat in this movie?
0: Uh, he's doing restaurants.
1: Look up why wasn't Azamat in Borat 2? Because what is the excuse? Oh, Borat actor Ken Davishian reveals why he didn't reprise his roles. Um, alright, let's see. They told me that Sasha was doing a big film and there was a small part in it for the two of us. And I said, I don't want to reprise the character unless we're doing Borat 2. And they said, no, it's not Borat 2. It'll never be Borat 2. It's not happening. I said, okay, then. Why are you offering me to... What? They scroll down? They offered me a little amount of money. In the first movie, I only made $60,000. And all they wanted to do was pay me a little more than that. Uh, so it was a money thing. Fuck. I mean, they were only going to pay him a little more than 60000 That's pretty cheap.
0: This well, nothing. come on, he's not a... Nobody's seeing Borat 2 for Azamat, Dude, like, they can't pay him, like, at least $100,000.
1: That's a big jump. How much do you think Sasha got for this? Millions. This is
0: Amazon financing this film, okay? I'm surprised... And that's kind of surprised me that Sasha Baron Cohen would agree to that, because, like, Amazon is kind of the root of all evil. I wonder if...
1: I, f- I could be wrong. this is pure speculation. It might be documented, but maybe he made the film and then they looked for distributors. Yeah, and Amazon Prime maybe they were good to him. and I'm sure like the Amazon Prime division is so far removed from Jeffrey Bezos that like morally you can justify it. <laughs> like it's not like Jeff I've been he probably didn't talk to Jeff Bezos about it, so it's whatever. Jeff
0: Bezos probably had better things to do. Yeah. I how do you feel about this movie? As a cult movie? Yeah, well, I do not think it's a cult movie. No. Really? Well, that movie, huge budget. Academy
1: Award nominations out the ass, huge actors, based on classic novels. It's like, I mean, not really. I mean, we can do it if you want. But then we have to do
0: them all, okay? Then we have to do them all. We do? Well, we're not going to do Fellowship and then Dip. like Just like we're not going to do Search for Spock and Dip? Or what are you talking about? Mm, uh, we, yeah. Well, we did
1: three of those movies already. I'm capping it at three. That's it. <laughs> I'm capping it at three. Okay, so that's one idea. Um, How is Spider-Man into the spot? Is this a cult movie list? Yeah. This is a shit list. Go to another one. The Dark Knight. Interstellar. Ready player one?
0: Next. Go back. This one? Yeah, try that one. This one might be a bit better. All right, now we're talking. Uh, let's see what we got here. Blue Velvet might be good. <laughs> we should do Showgirls. That one's gonna be shitty, but that yeah. one's gonna be like gross shitty. So get ready. Uh, I don't. I want to do something not horror. Uh, we've done a lot of these movies so far. Fantastic Planet's pretty cool. Warriors, come out and play. Let's do the room, bro. Uh, that can wait. How long can I wait though? Is the question. As long as it takes. Uh, we should have a lot of these. Huh? Like, I, we're not doing a Reservoir Dogs episode. Why not? Huh? Why not? We have to do one Tarantino film at some point. Cause, I well, mean, then it'll be Reservoir Dogs, but we're just going to say, oh, this is a great movie. Ten bags. We're going to do Pee-Wee's Big Adventure? Pee-Wee's Big Adventure in the movie theater. That's what I want to do. That's
1: 47 on. What are the meta scores on? All these movies are low. Metacritic is garbage. For it's
0: movies. really bad. 67 for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Dark Star. That's another Carpenter film. We could do that one. Soil and Green. Could do that one. Spoilers. It's people. Oh, I want to do that. But I just said no horror. Shit. Uh... You could
1: do Fear and Loathing I'd be done to do that. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Uh, is that seventy? Okay. We gotta <laughs> do. We we gotta do freaks at some point. We gotta do that uh, sci-fi movie from nineteen seventy-eight. I think that's our no. Google gobble, one of us. Gobble gobble. Oh, space! Bus. The space movie from nineteen ninety-two. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say on the air. <laughs> we should do that movie. That's like twenty six minutes, is it? Yeah, it's like a short. If we ever get big, which we won't, and we have like a Patreon, that'll be like a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, episode. when we can,
1: when we can say the title on the air. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: okay. If you're curious about what we're talking, just about. just look up space movie nineteen ninety two. It's gay African Americans from outer space, and it's on YouTube. Yeah. Although it's not African Americans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, let's do that one. That would be cool. Fear and Loathing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do it. This is a big boy. That'll be a big episode. Brazil. So good. I wish he would have done Watchmen.
1: It? Yeah, and we would have David Bowie as Warshack. An 80s, a movie, a Watchmen movie made in the 80s would have been cool. Wait, when did Watchmen come out? 85. Did it? Yeah. Holy shit. So, like, I guess right after this, w- the comic was popular when it came out, so they were probably looking to adapt it right away, and then I guess Killam said no, so then they're like, fuck. And then they shelved it until Zack Snyder got his grubby hands on it.
0: Wait, I wonder who I wonder who said no. It wouldn't have been Alan Moore, right? Ma- uh, honestly, maybe. Because right after that, he was
1: like, hey, can I have the rights to these characters? And they were like, mm, no. And he's like, be,
0: okay. Didn't they start making, like, pins for it and shit when this, he said not to?
1: This is what happened. At the time, they they were like, this was the contract they had. They're like, hey, you're going to get the rights of the character back when the comic's out of print. Mm. So, you know, like, after a year of the comic, once they're done making issues, okay, then it's yours. You can do whatever you want. But what happened was Watchmen kind of became... Watchmen came out as a collection in bookstores yeah and then it started selling gangbusters so they're like well we're never gonna take it out of print so they're like sorry man <laughs> and he was like okay <laughs> and he was kind of pissed about it but i think at that point um the, it would have even if he said no it was dc's yeah it like basically since like very short basically dc has always had Watchmen. Yeah? Yeah. Like, basically, they've always owned it. Wild never really had control over it.
0: What, was it Watchmen, or am I confusing it with something else? When he was like, can you guys not make, uh, like, toys for it and shit? No, that was that. Was and there, it? And
1: they made, like, pins, and they made a bunch of other bullshit, and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that what? I think, and I think that's, like, after Watchmen, that was, like, the last thing he did with, like, pure DC... Um or like at least in the years following that and then like after the nine after like the eighties were done, Alan Moore was done with DC.
0: And then he he did it for
1: who? Hey he worked with like Image. He worked with um ABC's America's Best Comic, which was this new imprint, and then it got bought by DC and he's like ah oh, fuck <laughs> and then he just started doing independent stuff and so then yeah. So all the superhero stuff is like all his DC licensed superhero stuff is before the nineties. Do the singles for Watchmen go for a lot? They do. Not like a hell of a ton. Like, the first issue, you can get, like, probably a couple hundred. Mm. But, like, I went to um, Comic Factory 4, and they just had loose issues. Originals? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're, like, originals. Like, they might be second or third prints. Mm. But they didn't do, like, single-issue reprints, like, after, like, the 80s, I think, of that. So... And I was going to buy them, but then I was like, then I'm to get a complete set, and that's going to piss me off because it's going to be so much money.
0: So I just passed. Do you know how many singles the whole collection is? It's just 12 issues. Oh, it's 12? Yeah. Okay. Well, if we go to Fan Expo, I'm sure you'll find a yeah. full collection there. I'd, 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 I'd slap some money down for like a nice,
1: minty first issue. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Or even like if I found the Doctor Manhattan issue, like issue 5... Like, his origin story? Yeah, like, just the issue where he's just, like, where he's on Mars and he's dictating his story.
0: Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. That was, like, the best scene in the movie. That was, and that's, like, the best issue in the series, arguably. What, you don't like uh, sinister symmetry? I like them all. That one's cool, but, like, that one is, like, that one is one of
1: those things where you read it and then after you find out that it's symmetrical and you're like, oh, that's cool. But that's that issue is, like, it it's technically impressive and it's all good, but it's just like the story continuing.
0: I really like the first issue. I
1: really like the first issue too. The first issue, and the Doctor Manhattan issues are like
0: the best single issues because they're stories you can just read by themselves. I love the art in the first issue a lot. Yeah, like all the Rorschach stuff, and well, I mean the art in the whole thing is good, but they're just so like, holy shit! That color can work with that color. That's yeah. cool. Like, they have, like, magentas and pinks and greens and all this weird shit. One thing I'm
1: glad is that DC never recolored, or at least not to my knowledge, recolored Watchmen. Because what happens is that a lot of the times when they reprint these comics, they'll do, like, they'll recolor it unnecessarily. They make the colors more flat. They just use digital coloring. Mm-hmm. The thing with digital coloring it doesn't look that good. Um, and they do that with a lot of older comics. But they didn't do that with Watchmen. I guess just because it's just so striking. Like, Killing Joke, famously, is, is recolored. Like, originally, the colors are very bright and psychedelic. That was the original, the psychedelic yeah. ones? And, okay. and then when they did reprints, they did a recolor where it's just, like, a regular Batman comic, and it's still decent, but I like the addition that comes with
0: both, so you can compare. Do they do recolors when they, like... Release action comic one or whatever the fuck. It's no, from. they might do touch-ups like just like li-
1: like sometimes like the line work is like you know like just like segment parts. so will solidify that, but they try to usually for the older older stuff, they keep it. They keep it pretty clean.
0: When do they when they do reprints? Do they add like the original ads or do they throw in like new ad pages?
1: When they do in, in TPBs like in stuff you'll find in the bookstore, there's ne- there's never ads in those. Um, but they do do facsimile reprints, um, which is, like, the original comics, like, with the original ads. I actually just picked up, like, the first appearance at Justice League mm. reprint, and has all the original ads. It's kind of cool. Nice. I like that
0: stuff. But, yeah. They went to this antique store and they had, like... Uh like old knickknacks that you could order from a comic book, like that, like the original X Ray specs and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> that garbage shit that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool! I want to grab a pair of those. Like a little propeller beanie that you save up
1: all your cereal <laughs> box stamps for. I want that fucking thing. That's do great. you though? I do want... I if I ever see like a beanie <laughs> propeller hat, I want one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, I always
1: wanted one as a kid. Cause that, I did because Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin Hobbes, and also because like in the cartoons and stuff, kids would always have that. Yeah,
0: and it was just kind of just like this dinky thing that like stupid little kids would have that was cool. Uh, you have to go, right? I have to go. Okay, yeah. we'll end the show here. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Halloween's probably not even going to happen this year. I really hope it's not the year that puts a nail in the coffin for it. Uh, Next year, if we're doing Halloween, please don't go to the mall. Just go to your neighbor's house. Have some fun. Carve a pumpkin. Make it look wacky. Don't print something off the internet and just use it as a stencil. Be creative. Have a good time. See ya.